Dude, let's fucking do this shit. I thought you were like, I thought you started, you sounded like you started, the way you kind of, your inflection in your voice, like, Colin, say something. Like, oh shit, we're recording. Yeah, we're definitely recording now. Uh, We are recording, get this, episode 49. You know what that means? What does that mean? You know what that means? What does that mean? We're in the same room. We are in the same room. About to crack. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh boy. It was me, it was me. I guess I forgot the fucking rules of podcasting together and setting phones next to the recording device. It creates alien noises. We are doing episode 49. I, I'm cool. fucking with these beers. Dude, you got to give me one. I mean, <clears throat> I am so parched okay, because... Because so, uh, you just practiced, right? Yeah, just band practice. Uh, and I did vocals for the first time in months. My voice is fucked up. And I am so thirsty. I cannot wait to drink the fuck out of this. Tell it's, us, it's, what it's, is this beer? So I was very intrigued by it because the artwork's really cool. This Day of the Dead looking shit. And it's stone, and I love stone beers. It's called Stone Buena Vista Salt and Lime Lager. And it's a lager with salt and lime added. All I'm right. very curious. How many are How many are in that pack? There's six. We're probably going to drink them all, right? Oh, yeah. I'm not even probably going to taste this first one because I'm about to chug the fuck out of it. I am so thirsty. Let me know how it tastes. It tastes like a Corona. It tastes like a... He's going. He's going. He's going. He's going. It tastes like a Mexican lager. <laughs> yeah, but it's good. Yeah, it's good. I got a little aftertaste. Refreshing. I did, uh, for the for our... Salt in it? People, Salt in it like Gatorade? I did not chug the whole thing. I drank about half. You did. Mm-hmm. You were it's crushing really that shit. It's fucked. Now you're going to be burping. I am. I was thinking about it, but I'm trying to. I'm trying to do that off mic a little bit. So this is our first episode back in the same room in 12 episodes. We left off at episode 48, and then we uh, started our pandemic series where we recorded remotely through software, and I had a bitch of a time trying to make it sound any anything even remotely good. So <laughs> I'm hoping that this sounds better. It's also good, too, because I still haven't got my Zoom situation figured out, so... Well, fuck it. Fuck Zoom. Fuck it. No, hold on, hold on, hold on. You have a new computer. I do. Just install Zoom. Yeah, but I need then I need to get a webcam. Bro, come on, spend the money. Just get a webcam. I know. Okay, I actually I actually have one. I have a second one. <laughs> I just remembered. Here, here, here I come. Here, here comes Jeff. Here, take my scraps. <laughs> <laughs> so, actually, you should, and let me tell you why. Oh boy, because. When I bought that webcam, it was at Meyer randomly when I was like, oh, I don't know. I had to be like fucking 25. Really? Yeah. And then I just never used it. Is it any good still? Probably not, but it's got a USB port and it's got a fucking lens. So it's going to be as good as that shitty ass MacBook one you were using. True. Dude, what's up with MacBook? They don't, they have shitty cameras. Like, it's like they don't improve that camera. Uh, I, I agree with that. Uh, it is a shitty camera, but at the same time, it's like, why? Why does it matter? It's just a laptop. I'm yeah. not. I'm not doing it. I'm not taking pictures of scenery. It's for me to take a selfie or to join a video conference. Like it does what it's made for. Yeah. The the tech. I was thinking like, because am I really going to want to pay two hundred extra bucks? on a computer that already is $3,000 for a better camera. But then it's like right now, I mean, the technology is so cheap now. It probably doesn't cost much more to upgrade it. Okay. If they can sell an iPhone with a 
amazing. Arguably one of the best phone cameras out there. If they can sell that with a nice camera, why the fuck couldn't they put that in a big ass MacBook? I agree. That's what that's what drives me nuts. It's like you have the technology. Just slap it in there, bro. And I feel like if they're doing that, that has to that has to have a benefit somewhere, like a cost benefit, because they're just ordering more. Quantity always equals discount. Yeah. Right? So like what the fuck? What's up with your old ass? You know what? Here's a theory. It's probably not right, but here's a theory. They bought a bunch of extra ones for old iPhones. They upgraded those cameras and were like, what the fuck are we going to do with these? I don't know. Put them in the next four generations of MacBooks. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it is. There it is. I got it. Honestly, it's probably we haven't had anybody complain about these cameras because nobody gives a shit about them anyway. There's no people complain. I Googled it. I Googled it uh, because when, when you appeared on my screen and it, it looked like I was interviewing somebody who's uh, like testified against the mafia or something where it was like it's kind of dark and you were set kind of back far. And I, and I was just like, dude, is this is this Zoom? Does Zoom just have shitty quality or could it be Colin's it's MacBook? Also, it's also funny, too, because that MacBook is less than a year old, brand new top of the line so that's that's actually what i found online so that that's where i was going with the story is i googled it like what the what is what camera does it have and i found a reddit thread where it's nothing but people going why the fuck in this day and age are hps getting better cameras than macbooks and it was like this whole thread about how they were shitty so i think it's a it's a what's that word it's a uh, conspiracy <laughs> everything's a fucking conspiracy right now <clears throat> um so I'm just going to – I see that you've been adding things to the list. Thank you. Yeah, a lot of it might not be I'm gonna fuck. interesting. We, we're doing all this shit. And here's an added benefit of being back. I can casually at any time look over and tell where we're at. Yeah. We're six minutes in. Like that's great. Oh, we're good. Yeah, with Zoom, we just – I mean we never even really knew when we started because it was like let's call into Jeff's Zoom. Okay, now let's – Give Jeff some time to get everything set up, and that could be four minutes or 40. Like, we don't know. And then we would start and just look down and go, that's probably enough. Or it'd be like, okay, I'm finding myself yawning every two minutes, or I'm at my house, so I drank a lot more than I normally would when we podcast in person. Absolutely. And I'm hammered. How many, there's got to be a solid half to two-thirds of the pandemic episodes where I probably sound significantly different at the end than I do at the beginning. You know what's crazy is I only drank about half of them. The rest I was like drinking soda <laughs> and, I got and shit. Hammered yeah, on you got a lot fucking of ripped. <laughs> it was great. That's funny. And a couple of ill-advised live <laughs> getting hammered live on Facebook. Fuck yeah, all those were tight. Wait, look, I don't I don't want to lose that. Like I know, we I know. we made we made uh headway with doing something that we wanted to do to expand this, which was, you know, take it live from time to time. I still want to do that. So I'm not saying that we always have to be back in the room. And actually, since we stopped recording video, because like, what the fuck? I wasn't doing anything with it. It was pointless. It was just like an added stressor. Three people were watching it on YouTube. Exactly. I didn't promote it. Like, what the fuck? So now that we're not doing that, I can just show up with this shit at your house or you can come to my house. Like the we can finally do those brewery ones and shit like that. Like, it's all just it's better now. Yeah. Um, so it, we obviously took a a week off. Yeah. A couple people did send messages saying, Hey, what's up? I'm waiting on the new episode. And it's real. Yeah. It's not, it's definitely not unlike me to just forget to upload it 
there have sure. been several times where I'm like, oh, fuck, it's like 6 p.m. on a Wednesday. Like, I have to upload this. So I, I got messages. Um, we just took a week off. Mm-hmm. Let's just explain that now. Like, we took a week off. There's just so much going on. Yeah, it was it was just like, I don't know. All these protests were happening, and it was just crushed it. Uh, all these protests were happening, and uh, it was just seemingly getting worse and worse. Yeah. And and the cultural tension just continues to get worse. And I don't know. I feel like uh, I texted you and was like, "So we podding tonight or tomorrow or what?" And and I then I could tell. Like I knew how I was already kind of feeling about it, and but I could tell that your lack of pushback on it was like, yeah, maybe he's feeling the same way. Maybe we just need to not. Yeah, because here's the thing: like, it's not like we have a large platform by any means. We have a few listeners, but in our social circles, we have platforms as well. And it was like, what can we do at this point? You just got to do what you can. And for us, it was more. It was two part. It was one. We don't need to put any content in the world because we don't need to distract from what's going on. Like, that's number one. Number two, I just kind of wanted the time to reflect myself. Like, where, you know, not not so much like what I'm feeling or where I'm standing on it, but like, what can I do? Mm -hmm. You know, uh, there's a lot of conversations going on right now, checking in with friends, things like that. I'm, I'm, I think I'm more in tune now than I ever have been. Uh, I want to check on my friends and ask from their perspective, like my, you know, my friends uh, that have been involved in this protest, the Mm -hmm. movement in general for years, like Mm -hmm. as a person who has been part of this, what can I do who has been aware of this, Mm -hmm. but not necessarily doing what I can do. Mm -hmm. So checking with some friends like that, asking how they're feeling about things. Yeah, it's, it's, it, it's different this time. It feels oh yeah. It feels so much different this time. It it you're hearing words like I'm hearing, you know, my more punk or anarchist friends saying the word revolution in a real way. Yeah, you know, and you're seeing, and you're just seeing this kind of solidarity of put keep putting the pressure on, and you're getting everybody. Everybody is 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 engaging yeah not necessarily agreeing but engaging and people are learning people are educating people are asking questions and uh and and it's it's incredible how much i'm not necessarily say progress because it's not it's not like there's been any monumental shifts but how much you're starting to see the politicians are listening Oh yeah, they're they're going. Oh <clears throat> shit, you know, and uh, so you're starting to see some legislation start to move. You're starting to see some police departments going. Oh, whoa, they got us, yeah. you know, like oh shit. Was that uh, San Francisco or or there's there was a big shift in California. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, where they're talking about like if it's a non-violent crime, mm-hmm. certain things they're going to send unarmed mm-hmm. police officers out. Like that was somewhere in California. I don't remember exactly. And where. Minneapolis has completely torn. They're tearing down their police department and building it from the ground up. And I think that that's a myth. Like the 
that whole defund the police thing. Yeah. It's really easy to read that and go, uh, yeah, fuck that. If you're like the kind of guy who like responds to headlines. Yeah. And, uh, but you know, I've, I've been doing a lot of reading and it is, it's uh, the whole movement to defund the police makes so much sense. All it is saying is reimagine the police in that they're only they only need to do the job that they're trained to do yeah you know it's like you don't need to send if you got some guy running around naked in the middle of an intersection on drugs losing his fucking mind you don't need to send a guy with a gun you don't need to send a guy with a gun who has a fucking full capabilities for riot gear and yeah breacher devices and everything like what the fuck uh, yeah and I i read this long article uh, I don't know if you read it. It was called, uh, it was confessions of a bastard cop. And it was somebody who was a former, uh, police officer who wrote a really long essay talking about the way police unions work, the way the training works, the way they talk to each other, the way, you know, all the stuff. And, and, and he made some interesting points, regardless if you take it and believe it or don't, he makes some good points. Like when, you know, you're trained military style and you're walking around with a gun in your pocket or a, a gun on your belt and all a bunch of other weapons too. The, like the old saying, when all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Oh, when yeah. all you have, when all you have is a firearm, everything looks like target practice, mm-hmm. you know? And it's just, yeah, oh, man, it's, it, it's a, it, it's so much to unpack at the same time as it makes so much just quick sense like no yeah something needs to change now yeah i think the most important thing to point out here is you started to touch on it earlier where you said there's a lot of focus on it people are engaging i think it's even people who historically maybe didn't agree with the movement didn't say they saw a problem aligned with you know certain people we have the ear of people who historically have never supported this. And even some of them are stepping up going, all right, hold the fuck on. There's a problem. I'm, I can acknowledge the fact that I was wrong about there not being a problem. There is a problem Two, two examples. This is, these are two examples that aren't necessarily what I'm talking about, but this is two examples that fall more in the public eye. Number one, uh, NFL, acknowledging that the whole kneeling during the anthem, you know, they blew it out of proportion. It's a bit of a backpedal, but a win's a win, right? Mm-hmm. Acknowledging that it was, uh, there is a problem and they were wrong for trying to stop it, which is kind of fucking crazy because there are people to this day arguing about that. Uh, then you have NASCAR, who is <clears throat> maybe the last group I ever thought would step up. You know, if I had to stack rank them, they would yeah. definitely be towards the bottom. Said no more Confederate flag. One, I didn't. Fu- I don't watch NASCAR. I have no. Oh, ho, ho, bro, ho. I haven't hit the mic. I haven't had the mic like that in a while. Um, I I don't watch NASCAR, so I didn't know that there was f- fucking cars with Confederate flags. Like I assumed the type of people that go to NASCAR. No, but they're saying NASCAR saying like if even if like you're a fan and you got your like fucking trailer in the middle yeah. you can't have like a f- flag wave in or anything yeah yeah no i'm i i totally get that but and and i've always thought of the fans of nascar were probably more that i didn't realize that it also was like 
No, even the fucking racers, right? Mm-hmm. And obviously there was that very public one where he's like, I can't support this. And the response was... He got clowned so hard. The response was perfect. So the funny story about the NASCAR thing is some local dudes here uh, were who are trolls. Uh, they were trolling a uh, boycott NASCAR Facebook page. Okay. Mm-hmm. And... Two funny things about this shit. One, not funny. One, it's not funny, is I spent a half an hour of my life reading a boycott NASCAR Facebook page. All right. And that was one of the biggest mistakes I've ever made. I left, were, you, were you just mad as fuck? I was mad and sad. I can't believe that I breathe the same air as these people. Yeah. Um, But uh, the funny thing, though, is one of these trolls <laughs> posted just posted a confederate flag but then in the background if you looked like not close at it it just looked like waving flag but it was actually like an asshole Mm. and he said that at least two people posted that on their page like proud (laughs) (laughs) nice oh my god so funny i just can't believe it though it's it's oh man yeah the Right now is just crazy. I think that uh, I went uh, one one uh, you when you were talking about um, this a minute ago. I I went down to one of the marches. I joined one of the marches. It was actually really it was a beautiful experience. It was just positive, uh, uplifting, angry, mm-hmm. but righteously angry. And we walked like seven miles, and it was just it was it was very it was a it, it was one of those things that you you want that you feel good that you are a part of not for points but because it felt like this these this is these are people making change mm-hmm. and uh and you're standing with them and um but i saw a sign that was that struck me really it, it was racism is not getting worse it's just being filmed Ooh. Vi- police violence is not be- getting worse it's just being filmed you know, and that's the thing. Mm-hmm. Like that video, I, I don't know if you saw the video today of that guy with his hands on his head and a oh, cop yeah. kicks him in the back. Is that a new video or I don't old know. video? I don't know. But still, like, it's like right there. Uh, you hear so many cop defenders say, well, well, you know, if people would comply with the police, uh, if it would comply with their commands, then, you know, this shit wouldn't happen. It's like, uh, are you watching these videos with your own fucking eyes? Yeah. I mean, I posted something uh, in in jest. Uh, I posted it on Facebook today that. Oh, I think I saw this. I think you got in trouble. (laughs) No, I didn't get in trouble. Nobody nobody said anything. Uh, I said it was like, you know, the news. What's up? What do you got? You taking my fucking photo? I got a text saying, what have you been up to? So I just. I'm very nice. Um, you've been up to me. That's weird. Um, yeah, I said the news. This just in, police officer shoots an unarmed, deaf black man sleeping in his own bed because they kicked in the wrong door and wasn't responding to their verbal commands. The thin blue line supporters. I don't know, man. He got an F in like math in second grade. Uh, the police did nothing wrong. That's kind of what happens every fucking time. <clears throat> Obviously, that's an overboard uh, version of it. But, you know, we've said this a hundred times. Nobody gives a fuck about what happened. They only look at it 
and align it however they need to to fit the narrative that they constantly talk about. Mm -hmm. So when these things happen, whether it's George Floyd or anyone else, the first thing that people do that are avid supporters of the police is they defend. Yeah, well, what did he do? Yeah, and they dig into the past and they find anything and any reason why he deserved to die, which – is never the case. I don't feel like any of these people deserve to die for any of the crimes they did. Mm-hmm. Granted, I might feel differently if any of these things had happened to like my wife. I might I might have that rage where I'm like, oh, kill this guy, right? Or he should die. I don't truly think that no matter what in any of these scenarios that these people deserve to die. It doesn't – I don't give a fuck. I saw, I saw a tweet or a post or something where somebody said, uh, if you watch a video of a man – being killed on camera by a police officer and your first instinct is to go dig for something in his past you are a psychopath yes yeah you're not a good straight person. up just not a good person um <clears throat> you you talked about a quote you saw and that like resonated with you i saw somebody uh it was a, a photo that circulated i don't know if it was somebody from columbus or elsewhere but it was a sign that said something like People are calling this a wake-up call, but this is not a wake-up call. The alarm has been going off for a long time. You've just been hitting the snooze button. Yeah. And I'm like, I feel that. Yeah. That's one of those uh, one of those quotes. The that alarm goes off every six months. Yeah. The alarm goes off every five years. The alarm goes off every 60 years. Look, every hundred. I, it, it's just like, just, it's, it's infuriating. And I don't know. We don't need to, we don't need to keep harping on it. But uh, Black Lives Matter and justice for Breonna Taylor. Dude, fuck yeah. There's there's another one. Uh, they've passed a law called like Breonna's Law. Yeah. Yeah. How the fuck do you pass a law? When these fucking guys are still roaming the fucking streets. They're still streets. roaming the fucking streets. So you acknowledge that a law needed to be made to rectify the issue. Are you? Is that their way of justifying it? Oh, there was no law. Like, there was no law. That's why we can't arrest him. There was no law. So we're going to name this law. And it won't happen again, guys. We're sorry. No, they fucking murdered this person. It's and a fucking gang. Fucking yeah. gang. And that's what I said. It's a gang. Fucking mob. That was actually how I ended uh, my post earlier. I know. The I fucking remember. police. But it's gang. true. <clears throat> There's a, you know how I talk about Marlon Craft, white rapper mm-hmm. from uh, Hell's Kitchen. Um, he's got a uh, a song called Gang Shit. And it, it talks about the KKK perspective and then being a gang. It talks about the cops and how they're a gang and how they'll just ride for their gang. It was uh, – it's very like – do you remember when uh, Joyner Lucas did that I'm Not Racist song? Mm-hmm. It kind of – it kind of – I don't want to say emulates that. It, it has the same kind of undertone. Like if you like one, you probably like both. Uh, but you should check that song out just from – curiosity perspective i mean this this song was written at least i think the video was like at least a year ago but still fucking relevant speaking of which as our band started practicing again uh i was worried i wasn't going to remember our songs so i played all of our songs like on the way to practice i just listened to them and we have a song called nation of fear that Holy fuck. The lyrics, like, I couldn't even tell you the lyrics right now because I'm an idiot with our lyrics. But the lyrics sound like they were written yesterday about the world today. And I was like, man, if we 
if we wanted to capitalize on something, like we would capitalize on it right now. We'd, we'd, I don't know, re-release this, do a video, do something. Uh, but I might have broke us up tonight. What, dude? I know. I feel like I feel like every six months I tell you about how I quit the band, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude. So during pandemic, obviously we, you know, we weren't potting, and I wasn't at band practice. We didn't practice for months. Maranatha still hasn't practiced. This is our second one. Um, I'm trying to think. I feel like last week maybe we canceled. And then the week before that, we practiced for the first time. Came in, basically did the set. It's over there on that white thing. We did eight songs, talked for a minute, and then we got out. We did no writing, did no anything. Then I think we skipped last week, came in today, basically did the set and bullshitted. It's like social hour, right? But at the end of the day, like, I just, I don't know, man. I just don't care, I guess. But you said you broke the band up? Did you say, like, hey, are we done? Uh, yeah, kind of. I just said, hey, let's actually talk about this. Um, what the fuck are we doing? Like, we're not writing. We show up and play this set. Like, for what? Like, w- there's not going to be any shows for maybe a year. You know, I don't fucking know. Like, so... And I think I think it's really it's it's like for me like I I was out of it. I tried to be I tried to break us up a few times. I think maybe I just get bored, and so I was bored with it. Um, tried to break us up, and then I kept staying in the band for a couple reasons. One, it's the only band that some of the folks were in, and I was like, I don't want to kind of do that if they need a band as an outlet, you know? Because because honestly, like music's always been that, you know. It holds multi-purpose, and one of the purposes is just to fucking de-stress from the week, mm-hmm. you know, detach from the bullshit that's going on. Yeah, that's kind of what King's Blood was. Yeah. So I kind of like – I did that to make sure that they got that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the second thing was we have this practice space, and it used to be a couple bands. It got down to just us. It was just us. So if I broke us up, we'd lose this practice space. Mm. Um Everybody would have to figure out where all this gear goes. Now that Mark is in two bands because Samara's back together. Oh, really? Yeah. So there's three bands in here again. I all of a sudden don't feel bad anymore. I'm kind of like, hey, man, maybe we should just let it go. Oh, yeah, that's back. Well, that technically was always here. It was just oh, over there. Oh, oh, oh. Because Jordan, Jordan uh, such a good dude. Like, Jordan held everything down still. He still paid rent. Uh, stored this one little piece of cabinet or this one uh, piece of road gear. He still took care of wrangling everybody. I swear to God, the dude had to like, he had to text me every single month and go, hey man, uh, will you fucking pay rent? I'm like, oh, my bad. And so I would go in and like quick pay him <laughs> money right then. I'm just fucking terrible at like remembering to do that. Uh, but he still held that down and did all that shit. Now he's back up in this bitch. What are you looking at? Is that it? I thought there was a screen on your keys. The, from this angle, that looked like a screen. That yeah, dude. On. That's how I fucking, it gets text. My, my key fob, it, it receives text messages. Stupid. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I, I might have broke us up. I don't know, bro. So you're saying that we might not be pushing ahead anymore? No, I feel like we might be pulling back. Oh. Pull, pulling out? <laughs> Ooh, no kids. All right. So let's catch up on some like just life shit. Let me let me look at this uh let me look at this thing and just pick something from 
uh, from your list. <laughs> so you're you're a crunchy granola guy now. Yeah. What, what does that mean? So I'm buying. I was buying some new shoes the other day. These crispy boys. Ooh. And uh, and uh, I was at Journeys, and I was standing there. Get, I was waiting for her to get my size in these, and uh, look, and I I bought some Tevas. What the fuck is is that? What those are? No, these are Vans, dude. Oh, okay. What I the fuck some, is a Teva? Tevas are those sandals that have a strap here and a strap down the side. Dog Midwest Jesus Mandals. Yeah. Oh, you got Midwestern Jesus. Yeah. Mandals. Yeah. I just figured. You know, I've never I've never really been a sandals guy. I wore flip flops a little bit. But I don't really like them. And I was like, I could just kind of use something for just summertime. Mm. And I got them. And I'm like, these, I understand why people get these. And they like hiking them and things like that. Because they are like very comfortable. Um, You definitely strike me as a sandals guy. Really? Yeah. I mean, less with the mustache. But like... (laughs) If if you uh, if you think about just okay one, you got the Jeep. I feel like the Jeep represents outdoorsiness, and then you like to camp, right? You mm-hmm. build you build a deck. You like camping to, this weekend. There's some sand. You you feel like a gentleman who would have some sandals on deck. Yeah, you're right. So now I do, but I just feel like extra extra white in those things. I feel like I kind of need to. I need to look them up. Will you like send me a link so I can look at them? I'll just show you a picture right now. No, don't show me a picture oh. because I want to secretly like research them. Oh, 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 okay. I need you to see. I can't. I can't even spell that. Is it T E E V A S? Just T E V A. T E V A. Teva. Actually, it's pronounced Teva. I guess I don't know. So what'd you get? You got a text? No, my dude said. He said, "What have you been up to all night?" And I just sent him that picture, and he said, "Ah, that's heckin' cool." Uh, stupid. Uh, you know who posts the best like dad jokes? Well, do you, do you, does anybody come to mind? If I say, dude, awesome dad jokes, who posts them on the regular? <clears throat> Even if you can't think of it, I know when I say his name, Derek Rennie. Oh, yeah. Dude. Oh, yeah. I, I laugh at almost all of them. And because there's a couple that, uh, you know, maybe they fall into some weird category like, fucking D&D or something I don't know just something I, I don't know anything about I'm like I bet that's funny but I don't know what it means he posts some good ones let's talk about Jeep bro while we yeah, that was that was literally my next thing okay so because this actually ties in with the that story so I'm on my way home from the grocery store tonight and I uh I'm sitting at the corner uh in Upper Arlington and a Jeep rolls up next to me. I'm not in my Jeep. I'm in, I'm in our pilot. Jeep rolls up next to me and he's got the doors off, his hop off. It's a beige boy Jeep too. It's beige. And this dude, blonde girl in the, like, it, it's, it, it's upper Arlington as fuck. Yeah. Blonde girl in the, in the passenger seat. This kid's got like, like poofy hair and like Surf, shorts. Like surfer hair. Yeah. And then like, uh, Short shorts and then like these really bright white chucks. Okay. Mm, okay. And I'm just looking. I'm just looking. And he's got his foot up like on the edge of the door. You well, know. Yeah, that's what you do. And I'm like, look at this fucking bro. Look at this fucking guy. And I'm just judging the shit out of this guy. So I'm on my way here, sitting at a light, 
and I got my foot up on the thing. And I got these crispy boy shoes on Ooh. and these beige ass short shorts and my Jeep with the doors off. And I'm like, I'm Jeep bro. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh shit. I was, I was talk, I was like thinking so much shit about this guy, about how much I would love to just slap him. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. You know, I'm just like, you would there. love if he met you in the DMs. Yeah. I would love to just hit this guy and watch him. Tell me that he's going to tell his lawyer daddy. Do you know who my dad is? <laughs> it's one of those guys, right? Yeah. Oh, it was. that's exactly who he was. But man, it was just, it was one of those things. I was just sitting in a light and I just looked down at my leg and my shoe and I was like, oh, I'm that guy. I'm Jeep bro. I'm fucking metal Jeep bro. <laughs> uh, at no. least mine was mine and not my parents. Oh, you don't know. I mean, that's the thing about that's at the thing my, about. At least I bought mine, and I go. didn't get it for my 16th birthday. There you go. That's what I was gonna <laughs> say, uh, dude. I mean, where I live, it's a very affluent area as well, and it kind of drives me nuts when I like I'll go to the local Kroger, and like there's just some high school kids coming in, but they're getting out of like an, a BMW M3 or something. And I'm like, oh, man, I really hope that's just your parents that you borrowed and not the car that they got you. Because, Mm -hmm. bro, Hayden is not getting a car like that. He's getting a reliable but embarrassing car. Like, I'm I'm lying. I'm not going to get him an embarrassing car. But it's not going to be a BMW. It's going to be like a fucking Honda Accord or something. Mm -hmm. I want it to be able to go somewhere in the tune of... 300 to 500,000 miles mm-hmm. without an oil change. Yeah. He he gets one of those. <clears throat> um, say, say, hey, bro, hey, bro, you live in Columbus. You are getting a Civic. Yeah. Like, that is a rite That's of passage. Kind of what you got to get here. Yeah, you either get a Toyota or a Civic. <laughs> like, you fucking pick. It's going to be champagne color. Uh, So another thing with, like, Jeep Bros is, again, I said I, I relate it to, like, being outdoorsy. I actually do the same about trek bikes i don't know why but i've got this thing where i feel like trek bikes i just immediately go to like mountain bikes like raging like mountain bikes like coming you know dj fucking cosgrove style like i'm red bull i got red bull outfit on and i've got a gopro strapped to my helmet and i'm going down a mountain when you hear the word trek when i hear the word trek I don't know why. I'm not sure where I got that from. Even though it, even though it is a very good bike brand, it yeah. is like a very like suburban mountain bike trail bike band. It is bike brand. So, so that being said, we bought Hayden one. <laughs> no, they're good bikes. I'm not saying they're not good bikes. Well, that's because I, I think I told you this on one of the other podcasts. It was like fucking bike apocalypse. Like, yeah, bikes were gone. Uh, shout out to fucking Brian Berryman who hit me up and goes, "Hey, man." Why don't you just go over to Trek and, you know, told me a specific location. He goes, my brother works there. Oh, word. Number one, bro, I didn't know you had a bro. I had no fucking idea he had a brother. I didn't either. Daryl told me that the other day. I met him. Incredibly nice. Also looks like him in the face, which should happen because they're family. But I don't know why I was surprised by that. Uh, And had, you know, tattoos and shit, too. I was like, man, look at this shit. Like, bros being bros. Um, yeah, I went over, saw him, got a sweet bike. Um, they, you know, he, he helped me real quick fit, fit up Hayden. They used some fucking machine to like essentially take a picture of Hayden and scoot some shit around and told him exactly what size bike. Hmm. And I was like, this is awesome. We actually picked that up on Saturday. So 
We go get it. Um, come back. And, you know, Hayden has tried to ride, like, I have a random mountain bike. He's tried to ride it. He can't stand over it properly. Once you get him on it or once you, like, he gets going, he's fine. But, like, watching him try and stop is nerve-wracking because he stops and just starts to fall to the side until he puts his leg down and catches himself. It's crazy. So on this bike, the wheels are the same size. They're 26-inch wheels, but the way the frame geometry is set up, he can actually stand over it just fine. It's a Trek Wahoo. Sweet. It was a $500 bike. Uh, I don't know that when I set out on this bike mission, we were prepared to buy him a f- – I was like – I was thinking like, I don't know, $140 mongoose from Walmart. Like that's yeah. that's where my mind was. So a $500 Trek was not not in the plans. That being said, dude, this bike is so nice. It rides so That's great. The thing. That's the thing. Is like my bike, I have a Surly Crosscheck, mm-hmm. and it's like a $2,500 bike. Yeah. And you can tell. Like that's the yeah. thing. You get on a nice bike, and you're like, oh, that's why it's expensive. I've actually I've actually made it a point uh, to get out on my bike. I did. I was supposed to go ride with some friends from work. We had a 30-mile ride set up in Canal Winchester. Um, I got my expensive bike out. Do you, did I ever tell you how much my expensive bike is? Mm-hmm. It's almost five grand. Jesus. I have a very nice fully carbon, uh, Fuji transonic, literally hundred percent carbon. Um, very nice bike. And I was supposed to get out with them. And then we had a few people cancel. So the guy setting up the ride goes, Hey, don't feel obligated to drive 40 minutes to come to me. Like, let's just link up next week. And I say, cool. So I'll, I'll still hit a ride in town. I've never ridden on the Olentang, or the uh, Alum Creek Trail. Great ride. Phenomenal. Did 32 miles. It felt fantastic. I came in just under two hours or just over two hours. It was like I was trying to hit that like 15 mile an hour mark. I felt like that was good for a trail. Um, I did two hours in like three minutes. So like right, right around where hmm. I was trying to be. Um, <clears throat> and I will say that. I want to get out there more. So when my wife asked me, hey, what do you want for Father's Day? I want a new GPS for my bike. Like I didn't want to like use my phone or any of that shit. And I actually have a real nice Garmin Edge. It's like a Garmin Edge 500. Uh, But I bought it four years ago. And when I bought it, like all this shit, like connecting with apps and Bluetooth, like wasn't really a thing. So mine is the model right below the one with Bluetooth. So she got me the Garmin Edge 520, which has fucking turn-by-turn navigation, and I can go on to the Garmin Connect app, create a custom route, send it to it, and then literally be riding, look down, and have turn-by-turn navigation awesome. right on my phone, my bike GPS. It's crazy. Super fucking tight. So I have a 20-mile ride planned this Saturday around my house, like all up by Allen Creek. It's really weird. Like... Everybody at once, like, picked up riding bikes again. Yeah. Like, every, like, every, like, my whole band, everyone got their bikes out. Yeah. You know, or like, or is getting bikes. And like, I got my bike out randomly. And the, you and I, like, it's like everybody's biking. I think it's because we were, we're all fucking we were trapped. Up. Yeah. We were trapped and we just appreciate open road and yeah. air now. Yeah. You know, and I can't. I, I will say that I very, very much neglected riding last year. Mm-hmm. It was it was like a big part of my life, like some years ago. I rode like every fucking weekend. And and then when I lived in Short North, I would come home from work 
and I didn't touch my car again until the next morning when I was driving to work. I biked everywhere. That was when it was like fixed gear central and like everybody was biking. I'm actually, because I have a single speed Mm -hmm. and I was actually, I'm actually thinking of getting a flip-flop hub because I want to like... I've ridden fixed once and I, but I want to learn how to do it. I know I really I, like it. I know it's fun. Once you, yeah. once you do it, it's, it's like a thing where it's like, it's like you and the bike are one thing. Yeah. And I like, I want to try to really get into that. So. Dude, do it. Actually, not only do it, will you please just invite me? Like I'll come to your house. We'll hop on the bikes. We'll go get some fucking drinks. That was the funnest shit. Like I used to do that with Dave all the time. I would go over to Grandview, uh, We'd pick up, you know, me and Kyle would go to Grandview, grab Dave, and we'd all bike from Grandview down to like, you know, 16-bit and shit like that, bike around. There's a lot of places that if you ride your bike in, they actually be drink specials. Nice. Um, I know Tip Top used to do that. They did dollar PBRs if you biked. Um, Yeah, so Hayden got a, a baller-ass bike, and uh, I had posted it, and speaking of, you know, DJ Cosgrove again, he's like my fucking resident bike expert. Uh, He posted a thing saying, hey – because uh, he saw what kind of bike it was, he goes, "Hey, are you going over to the old or the Alum Creek trails? Because there's a bunch of really cool mountain bike trails over at Alum Creek, where people like have built these oh, the, the, the wood slats. Yeah, 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 they they did all that shit, dude. I looked it up on YouTube. I I gotta be honest, I might be a mountain bike bro. Like I might, I think I want one now. Um, yeah, it's the shit my brother does. I have four bikes though, and I'm wondering if I could justify getting a fifth. I feel like I gotta get rid of something." But I can justify all my bikes. Do you want to hear it? Fancy road bike. Commuter uh, fixed gear. Right? I have a... Okay, I can't justify this one. I have my first single speed I ever bought. It's a 25th anniversary Schwinn frame single speed. I haven't ridden it in maybe seven years. But I just keep transporting it from house to house. Uh, There's something sentimental about it. Like, it it was my, like first you know yeah inter- introductory into like single speed and fix here i don't know why i can't get rid of it and then i have this random schwinn mountain bike that i want to get one of those like uh pull behind things where you like pull your toddler in it mm-hmm. can't connect it to a fixed gear because that's dangerous can't connect it to a fucking uh carbon fiber road bike because i'll destroy my bike i can't i don't want to connect it to my single speed so like the mountain bike should be that bike. So I can I feel like I can justify three of the four bikes. That was a a nice walk around everything to get to a justification. I'll give you that. Yeah. I I I mean, definitely the pull behind thing is just Sure. I don't I don't ride the uh fixed gear too much right now cuz I'm out in the sticks. You know that. All right. Um did you watch the Dave Chappelle thing? Yeah. Um Okay. I was thinking about it for 36 hours. 8.46. Yeah. So I watched it as well. Um, I I heard about it, and I I didn't know what to expect because I saw a lot of people saying, like, oh, it's not a stand-up. It's a thing. It's a conversation. And then when it started, there was some funny shit. And and I was kind of like, man, what, what, what am I watching? And he kept, like, he kept digging into that notebook. Like maybe he had written some things down and he was just, and then, uh, he was giving me fucking anxiety trying to light that cigarette. Yeah. Dude, I was like, light that fucking cigarette. uh, He also, uh, like, I think he was a little bit drunk too. Yeah. So he was just kind of, he had that, that blue cup. He was sipping. And, and, oh man, 
It was heavy. You could tell that he just felt like he had to say something. Yeah. He didn't know what he was going to say. You could tell he didn't. He knew. I loved how he released it and said, I normally wouldn't release something so unrefined. I hope you'll forgive me. Yeah. It, it was just so intimate and so. It's like. It was I, it was definitely there were ebbs and flows. For sure. Yeah, it was it was emotional. Uh, yeah. And then he brought you back when it got maybe too heavy. He kind of brought you back. And then he pushed it again. And it, I mean, it started. One of the heaviest parts was like the beginning, like yeah. the first like three to five minutes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Dude, yeah. That was, that was, it's, it was not to get back into the, into the subject, but I mean, we should. Uh, uh, it's funny because I watched that and then I was just like, over the weekend, I was like, man, I really want to watch Killing Them Softly. I want to watch, mm-hmm. that made me want to watch old school. Dave Chappelle and I was watching that and that Killing Them Softly came out in what, 99, 2001, mm-hmm. something like that. Okay. So 20, we'll just call it 20 years ago. Two thirds of it is about police brutality. Yeah. The same shit, the same shit that they're saying that everyone's saying now. And then two days ago, so Sierra and I started watching uh, uh, Fresh Prince again. We just started mm-hmm. episode one. Fuck it. Episode five. Of season one. It's called Mistaken Identity. And it's about driving while black. And Carlton learns a lesson in what it what it's like to to be black in America, even though he's rich. Mm-hmm. And it ends dark and sad and with no resolution. And and that was nineteen ninety one. That's you know, so that's fucking thirty years ago. It's just like not like it feels like maybe we're all finally listening. Yeah. Maybe. I am struggling to remember where I heard this. Somebody, if you know where this is from, like, tell me. But somebody was talking about going on a date. And this was, I think it was a female perspective telling the story. Going on a date and, like, looking, you know, they're in this gentleman's car. And she looks back and she sees, like, some stuffed animals. And she's like, you know. Why do you have stuffed animals? I thought you were, you don't have any kids, right? Nope, no kids. And then, you know, it goes on and then she sees like some other things in the back window and she's like, she's starting to feel like this guy is lying to her. Like maybe he's creeping on the DL and it comes out that basically he's like, uh, no, I keep these things because it makes me look like a family man. And then if I get pulled over, I'm less likely to die because I look approachable. And dude, that was heavy. Like, because yeah. that's a real fucking thing. That's, like, I feel like that is the easiest example that you could give somebody who has been listening to Rush Limbaugh their whole life and says, no, white privilege doesn't exist. It's a construct like political correctness uh, from the left. Because that's what they believe. Mm-hmm. That's, like, Rush Limbaugh is on The Breakfast Club talking to Charlemagne the God, and he said that. That white privilege is, like political correctness, is just something that the left made up to make everyone feel bad about themselves. So when somebody says, does white privilege exist, or when somebody says white privilege does not exist, tell me how it exists. The easiest thing you can say to them is, have you ever been pulled over and been given a warning? Mm -hmm. Yes? Then white privilege exists, because that does not happen in the black community. We talked about this a while ago about how you got pulled over. I think it was like in Upper Arlington or something. Grandview, Grandview. half drunk, 2 in the morning, going 
going 50 and a 25, no proof of insurance. <laughs> yeah. I you mean, told me to get that, home safe. That's almost embarrassing to say aloud. Yeah, it is. Despite like what's, what's happened. And uh, I've actually had, I've had similar ones too. I know that we've talked Jesus. about them. It's um, infuriating. Yeah, it's fucking wild, man. And I, I remember, and okay, so we've been having a lot of conversations even in our workspace. Like you would think that these are taboo conversations, but we have a lot in our company. There's a lot of very important and prominent black leadership. Phenomenal. Uh, they're in the media a lot. They're, you know, in, in our industry, there are there's coverage, there's specific coverage of our industry. Mm-hmm. Always goes back to, you know, strong uh, uh, black women leadership we have and so on and so forth. So listening to them speak, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's incredible. Um, <clears throat> so having a lot of conversations about this in the workplace because they're they're saying, hey, we need to have touch points, check in, see how people are feeling about this. Let's create this safe space where we can have the dialogue. No matter what you're feeling, we should be adult enough to have the dialogue. Um, and somebody asked, you know, when when did you become aware in your life you know, from a child when did you become aware that if you are a person of color your encounters with law enforcement could go drastically different and mine was when i started getting tattooed so mm. early in life i assumed that because of the area i was from you know, it wasn't like a, uh, it was predominantly, well, no, it was like 50, 50, it was like 50 white, 50 black, uh, percent wise, but it was a poor area. Mm-hmm. And so most of the people you encountered were a certain type of person. Didn't matter the color. You know, we were all hustling. We were all getting money in ways that we shouldn't have been right. Everybody. So typically the encounters with the law back then were fairly the same. It, it, Honestly, it didn't matter. Like, you know, if you were out with like your black friends or whatever, it felt the same as when you got stopped with your white friends. And I think that's because they treated everybody in an area this kind of the same way. I think and I think that if you get down to it, it's class. Yes. um, That is the is the. One of the main underlying issues, but that disproportionately affects people of color. Absolutely. So, yes. But it, it I mean. A lot of this same shit, not to the same extent, but a lot of the same shit is happening in poor, rural, white areas too. Yes. You got different different epidemics, mm-hmm. right? You got you, you know, meth and like poor. Opioids. Yeah, opioids, things like that. Uh, so fast forward some years, I am, you know, I'm on a straight and arrow. I'm not hanging out with anybody bad, but I am starting to get tattooed. I'm in my early 20s. I go to, you know, your average stores, your targets, your things like that. And I'm noticing that as I'm, you know, and again, this is, you know, 10, 15 years ago, tattoos were, it it wasn't like it is today. Mm -hmm. I feel like literally moms and dads have sleeves and shit like that. Like it's just normal nowadays. Nobody cares. Back then you were still kind of looked at like, oh, was this a fucking criminal? You, are you a gang member with your tattoos? Are you, did you go to jail? Right. Are you in a biker club? Like whatever it was, you were getting tattooed and you were still counterculture at that point. So when I would go to stores, definitely noticed a shift. Motherfuckers would follow me around in the store 
and I, it would make me irate. Or like I was just starting to come into making decent money in corporate America. So I'd go in stores that, fuck yeah, I can afford shit. I don't give a fuck. I'll come up in here and buy $200 jeans. I'll buy a $500 Prada bag. I did. I bought a $500 Prada man bag from fucking Saks Fifth Avenue. But guess what? I had tattoos and I looked like I probably shouldn't have belonged there. I noticed a big shift in the way people treated me when I would walk in these stores tattooed. And ignorant me, you know, I was like complaining about that. And one of my friends who's black said, okay, I totally feel where you're coming from. Now imagine that happening and just being black. Dude, I was like, okay, wow. I really, I fucking feel like an idiot right now because one, I chose this. I chose tattoos. I knew they were counterculture. I knew that this was here. I should have been expecting this. You should not expect that because you were born Mm -hmm. with a different pigment. You just shouldn't. And that was the very defining moment that made me go, I'm aware of this now. Mm-hmm. And that was my early 20s, like I said, like after I first started getting tattooed. Mm-hmm. Do you remember when you became aware of it? Uh, no, I don't actually. It probably, sometime, probably sometime in my early to mid-20s. But I grew up so ignorant of it. You know, like I, I wasn't – I grew up poor, but – I went to an uppity uppity Christian school. Yeah. I went to a public school for two years, fifth and sixth grade. That was the that was the first time. I'll, I'll say that that was the fifth and sixth grade was the first time I had any real uh, contact with black culture because mm-hmm. it was a predominantly black school that I that I went to, and um, I was really into I was like really into hip-hop and stuff at the time uh but i just wasn't i I was never around it because my family there was a lot of racism in my family not my media not my media family really but there was a lot of racism in my family and we went to like i said before that i went to uppity christian schools so like i just didn't have any uh view into it um uh, you know it wasn't until my 20s when i started making like real black friends mm-hmm. that I, that I uh, started to understand the, how things were different. But it, yeah, it, it was later than it should have been. <laughs> I couldn't tell you the the time when I, yeah, I, I wonder, I wonder why I was, uh, why I was so, I don't want to say blind to it, but I wonder why it didn't hit my radar earlier. I think it's because in the area I was in, again, it was a class thing. <laughs> We just all kind of identified with each other. We identified on a class level, not a race or you know color level. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess maybe I'm thankful for that. Uh, we, I feel like there's such a good conversation that we can have here. We can almost do it as like a bonus episode. Um, my wife has a really good friend who she's known for a very long time, uh, person of color. And I've never met him. Right. And the other day they were having a conversation on the phone and somehow she involves me. And yeah, please. Thank you. And before I know it, she's off and I've got her phone and he and I are talking. And he said to her several times, I want to come on the podcast. I want to come on the podcast. Dude, I and the conversation we were having was so fucking good. 
just about race and what we can or can't do to fix it. Uh, I, I was like, I was like, this is really good. Like, this is a fucking awesome conversation. I really want to have this conversation. I wanted to get him on last week. We obviously canceled. I didn't even attempt this week, but I, I really think that maybe next week I'm going to reach out, see if he's available. Um, even if we do it as a remote episode and still record in person here, I would love to put it out as just a, just a one-off episode because I feel like a lot of the content will be like that. It'll be definitely one topic for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, at one point, my wife walks in and goes, "You guys, like y'all are y'all are having good conversation. You guys need to save this for the podcast." And like me, I was like, "Damn!" But I just I don't want to stop this conversation. Like it's just so good. Uh, so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I can set that up for like next week. Um, so we are fifty six minutes. Dang. And it's just trucking right along, man. You see, this is why I'm so glad to be back in person for these things because I feel like there was something missing by staring at a computer screen and trying to have conversation. I don't know what it was, but we we weren't uh, we weren't you know vibing the way we are here. So I'm glad that we named them something completely different. You know, what's a big part of it. Beer. Well, no. <laughs> a big part of it is that I don't have a little tiny version of myself staring at me the whole time. You judging you? Oh my god! I actually read an article about that, about like how like you can turn that shit off, you know. I know, but it's just it. it You're like my wife; you just rather complain about it. Yeah, yeah, feels better. Um, so a lot of places being closed mean a lot of uh, businesses, companies, you know, whatever, utilizing their signage. To provide a message to the public. Mm-hmm. Uh, I drive by this church and I saw what I perceive to be one of the worst church sign puns that I've ever witnessed. And I'm going to say it here just to get a reaction, but... I fucking love church sign puns. Is that a thing? Oh, yeah. Man, I got to... I got to scout some more out because now I'm into it now. Now you've just made me into it. You've, you've opened my eyes to a new hobby. Um, it said to prevent sin burn, use sunscreen. So, Oh yeah. It's a classic. Is it a classic? (laughs) Yeah. It's a classic. Fuck me. I've never, (laughs) I'm, I'm detached. Oh Uh, man. I, I had to literally, like, I, I was like, I'm not putting that on there until I drive by again and make sure I didn't make that up. No, no, no. That's like, it's so, that's so funny. It's so funny to me that you're just like, mind is blown by that, that it's a thing and everything because it's like, as I, uh, I grew up in Christian culture, man, the church sign is like a big cultural thing. Man. It's like, so, like, like some churches use the sign to be funny some use it to to you know obviously be heavy some people use it to be bigoted you know but like (laughs) like the funny church sign is a thing it's like that is definitely a thing i didn't know that but i saw that and again i was like yeah like i'm not i'm not putting that on so the next day when i was picking uh my daughter up from daycare because she's back at daycare I drove by again. I was like, I got to get another, I got to take another crack at that sign and make sure that I fucking read that right. And then I did. And I was like, well, I guess I'm putting that on the fucking board. Uh, cause I need to talk about that. That's just wild. <laughs> <clears throat> um, 
So what's that? Do you do you recall any other classics, or does that just it? I can't think of any off. The okay, head. but that that resonates with you. You know that's a classic. As soon right? as you said Sinburn, I was like, oh, sunscreen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I saw you mouth it, and I'm like, damn, this uh, motherfucker spitting. <laughs> yeah, that's fucking wild. Um, I'm not gonna go into. Did you see that I put one on there called the Butt Cheek Bandit? No, dude, stay tuned. I cannot wait to tell you this fucking story. I'm not going to tell it right now. I want to save it. I'm going to close out with is that it, shit. Is this the one that you said earlier? Boy, do I have a story for you? Yes. Okay. I, I have now. See, this is cool because I haven't told anybody this story. This is this is fresh off the fucking press. And I've now told you the pseudo title of the story, which is the butt cheek bandit. <laughs> and so like I'm just I'm building that anticipation. It's like a it's like a trailer rollout for a movie. And now you just have to wait for the movie to drop. Um. <coughs> What about like some new music? I know that we've been sending specific tracks back and forth. Um, anything that you've been jamming? Uh, on Friday, there was a ripper death metal record came out, a band called Living Gate, and it's members of Oathbreaker and Weege Dude. For, those are two uh, Belgian bands, black metal bands, and, and then a member of Yob, a, a doom band from the states and it's just old school death metal six songs fucking rips uh what else new came out how long is it i don't know it's an e 15 20 minutes ep six songs 15 20 minutes so two and a half minutes a song i can't remember it rips though um let's see uh, in case of strain uh, finished decay. Finish. You you were right. Your your word prediction. Though they did. I don't know if you saw the the news around it, but they announced the full album version. So this was a seven inch series. Yep. Building this record, slowly building the word decay. Yep. Yeah. And then they're naming the record slow decay. They got jokes. It's not and there's gonna be that. two more songs on it. it I I reached out to Devin at one point and said, for the last two records, you guys have had amazing rollouts. Like, that's the way they pivoted nicely into this digital age. It's like, why the fuck not do something fun? Yeah. They fucking... Can I just say that I really like the sound of the record, too? Like, the recording is awesome. I love how punchy the drums are. Dude, it, it, I... I I'm obviously been a big fan. I've always been a big fan. Uh... <clears throat> prior to my friend being in the band but uh uh there's only like one of their records i think i don't like that much but um i think this is their best material i, I, I mean it's just the songs are the songs are really good yeah the riffs i mean uh devin's era of this band his riffs are just fucking awe-inspiring um so he also much uh, love. i can't what's that fucking uh what's that guitar company he's repping Belager? Yeah. Yeah. Is it is it Belager? I see that's when I looked at and I was like, is that Balaguar? Or I'm saying Belager because that's what I say in my head. I, I don't know why I want to fucking put some French on it. Balaguar. Uh I know that's not Andy right. from Every Time I Die plays him too. Yeah. They're He's fucking got a signature sick. one. So after after he Doesn't he? He's a signature. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. It's uh Yeah, the shape of it is really cool. It it like I'm trying to remember it. The name of it. It has a name. Like the body style has a name. It's the same one that I want to build. Okay, so post Devin posting about it, I went 
to the site and started like really looking into it. Like, I don't know, man. Feel like I need a guitar. I don't know if this is quarantine talking, but feel like I need a guitar. Subsequently, quit the band, right? Uh, do I really need a guitar? No. But I don't know, man. Kind of want a guitar. It took you 30 seconds to justify getting another bike. So. Yeah, but it's nice out, and I'm actively using those. And unless somebody wants to start a pop punk band with me, like tomorrow. <laughs> and here's the thing: I don't even want to play guitar in it. I want to play bass. Huh? That, that's where I started, though. I'm coming full circle. Oh yeah, those the pictures of you with my spiky Ibanez hair. Ba- Ibanez bass. Yeah, oh, yeah. I had an ergodyne. Ibanez ergodyne. I called him Ergie. <laughs> Do you boy. still have it? Fuck no! I sold that shit on eBay. I still have my first bass. I sold that shit on e- okay. The, I'm a, I was a piece of shit for this. Um, so I used to when I played bass, I put my thumb on the pickup and you know, like plucked. I, I finger picked from there. Um, and I also you know I was new metal as fuck, so I would like I'd fucking hit that top string, bah, 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 just like bang that shit with my hand. Um, what happened was the there were two scroll two screws that hold the pickup in. At some point pushing and holding on this side over here it stripped the other screw and kind of pulled it out and i super glued it in and then i sold that shit on ebay nice and that was it i i was just as you're telling the story i was just thinking about that bass i i I have my first bass my first instrument Mm -hmm. i was in seventh grade or eighth grade it's an aria pro 2 so japanese yeah uh it's quality. It's a quality base. It's been treated like shit. Oh, yeah. And I think I told the story on here once. A uh, guitar player of Symphony Apparel used it as a shovel in a snowball fight. Yeah. Um, but now I'm thinking, like, what if I resurrected it? What if I, like, totally restored it? Send that shit over to Knox, man. Drop some pick- drop some new pickups in it. Send that shit to Knox. Because um, I need a base. I have I have just a random base of Kyle's at my house. All right, so I know that uh, I'm I'm not we're not doing this over Zoom, and I think every time we got on Zoom, I would say, "Hey, look, I got a new computer setup. I got a new one. I, I did <laughs> I did them at ho- at home." Um, so here's the thing: I've always had that uh, my table. To, uh, let me let me back up. My computer desk is a motorized moving desk you can it has memory and you push a button and it raises up and it can be a standing desk mm-hmm. um that was increasingly important to me when i started working from home yeah because i couldn't sit in my 30 dollar ikea chair anymore right <laughs> it was destroying my asshole speaking uh, of these metal chairs they're not fun nothing like my uh basement couch that that's I what love. i'm saying they're not fun um so I always envisioned having a nice piece of like butcher block countertop for my for my desk, and I never had the uh, like ability to go get it or whatever. Uh, and then I really wanted this specific new one from IKEA, and their fucking shipping times were like three months, and all IKEAs were closed because of the pandemic. So just recently they opened Click to Collect. But only a very limited number. And I would try to get in. I I would have all the shit in my cart. I'd push it at like midnight, one in the morning. I'd be up playing fucking video games, get off video games at three, try it at three. Could never get in. Well, on June 3rd, they opened Ikea's back up. So I went to that shit. I checked, in stock. Grab Kyle. We go there, get there, out of stock. Like 
fuck me. Uh, comes back in stock on the 11th. Went and got that shit. Dropped my daughter off at daycare. Checked my meetings. Had an hour. Boom. Hit Ikea. Got the desktop. Came home. And last weekend that just passed, uh, spent the time to tear my whole computer down, unscrew the desk, put the new one on, align everything perfectly. And then I bought, I'm like a big fan of this YouTube channel called Setup Wars, which is nothing but computer setups. Oh my God. And I was highly influenced by it. And I knew that my cable management had to be. Cable management. <laughs> had to be, oh my God. Had to be top notch. Fucking dorks. I couldn't have any cables hanging down. So I bought this fucking thing that's made for routing uh, server lines, like hundreds of server lines. <laughs> I mounted that underneath. I ran all my cables. It's beautiful. You look under my desk and all you see is this beautiful cable management and one cord hanging down from the power strip that goes to the outlet allowing the whole desk to move up and all my cords stay in place. I am fucking on cloud nine about my setup now. I'm out here. I'm out here spending 40 hours over two weeks building a fucking deck in the battering sun. You're a Jeep bro. And you're out and you're in here cord managing. That is, <laughs> bro, that is, that's Jeep bro shit. This is like, this is BMW shit. Like, oh boy, it's just it's a different it's a different vibe. Um, but yeah, so I got my new setup. Nice. I'm feeling real good about it. And the the last piece to my computer setup puzzle is to get a new keyboard because I want one of those fucking fancy clicky mechanical keyboards. Oh, clickety clackers! I want a clickety clacker because I watch Kyle play video games and he's disgustingly good and in my mind it's because he plays on keyboard and mouse and i play on a controller and i fucking suck and i watch kyle and he is like my he's my goal state video game player so i gotta buy a clickety clacker i already bought a nice mouse bought a corsair hundred dollar mouse i cannot Your wait wife is gonna hate you no 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 330 no. ever <laughs> Oh, dude, bro. Yeah, I did research that there's like different levels of clickety clack. Like yeah, the cherry, the cherry MX. Those are like the the cherries. They're up here. The reds. You know who's you know who's really into uh, boutique keyboards? Who? Duchamp. For real? Yeah, dude. <laughs> oh, did, he sent us something and said we had to react to it. He's got some fucking setup. What? He sent us something on Facebook and said that you guys got to talk about this on your last uh, on your next podcast. Oh yeah. I didn't look at it. Duchant, I apologize. Did you look at it? Uh, no, I think it was like some white rappers, mm. some kids. I feel like I've seen it before. Um, I'm going to try and find it real quick. Where is it? Where did he send that? Um, Let's see. Let's see. Hang on. I'll try to do that in a minute. <clears throat> um, Let's go back to the fucking... Let's go back to the board and knock a few more. We'll react to that video next week. Yeah. Yeah, Dushant, we'll get you next week. Um, we've talked a lot about uh, politics. We've talked a lot about social movements. Um, let's let's bring our two things together. Let's bring social or politics and music together and talk about everybody calling out Corey Brandon from Norma Jean. <laughs> What an idiot. What the Oh my god. Fuck? What an idiot. Yeah, so I was blind to the fact that he's had a past of making very uh edgy 
I wouldn't say very edgy. I follow him on Twitter. Uh, okay. I, I, you know, I know the guy. Well, ish. Right? I'm acquaintances with the guy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we played shows together back in the day. We played show together a year and a half ago. And, uh, he's a nice guy. He's a good guy. Uh, but he is, he's conservative, but not like Trumpy conservative, but more like trolly conservative. Mm-hmm. And he posts a lot of trollish conservative things. And, but never like any, it's never been anything that's like been offensive. That's the thing. It's never been offensive. But yeah. then <clears throat> right when the, all of this, the BLM stuff was hitting super hard, he tweeted late one night a, a gif that was, it said blah, blah, blah. He yeah. didn't know that it was making fun of a gif that said Black Lives Matter. Yeah. Same font and everything. Yeah. And it blew up in his face real hard. Yeah. Every time I die, stick yeah. to your guns, all these big hardcore names. I mean, like every time I die, was like, we're not going to share a bill with these guys well, anymore. The, the, somebody tweeted at Keith Buckley and said, please never tour with these guys again. And Keith replied and said, they've been blacklisted long before this. Dang. And I was like, oh, uh, I think I feel Especially like because those bands were like good friends back in the day. Yeah, I read the I read the story. I don't recall what it was now, but there's a story there um, where I think they got into it once before. I mean, that band isn't 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 the same band anymore. I mean, Corey came in on the second record or on Mm. the third record, if you count Ludacris. And uh, I don't count Ludacris. Okay, so Corey came in. Was that Bless the Martyr killed kissed the child? No, that was Norma Jean. That's what I'm saying. That that's the record where I I think they started. I consider. Did you listen to Ludacris? Only after Norma Jean. It was like bad Christian Deftones. Yeah, I, I, um, I didn't listen to it until after Norma Jean. Anyway, uh, um, so there's no, there's, and, and the rest of the band has just been a revolving door of session players and, and, you know, fans. You know, so it's like, who gives a shit? I defended that band for a really long time. That I, I felt like they were doing some of their better material later in their, in their career, but, Time to hang it up. Time to hang it up. Especially Dunbo. if you're going to be stupid. Especially if you're going to be stupid on that. Yeah, it made me it's feel just weird. stupid. Like, I've always looked at them. They're one of my nostalgic bands. Sure. Like, I put on that record I just referenced, and, you know, Memphis will be laid to waste. Like, like sign me the fuck up. I'm, and, and that's the thing. I'm not about to cancel Norma Jean. I still like <clears throat> Norma Jean stuff. I still like records that came out the last two, three years from them. And I, like I said... Corey's a good guy. He's a good guy. He doesn't mean harm. He does mean to troll. And he didn't know. He should have, but he didn't. And I'll, uh, 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 but all I'll say is just, it's your stupid fault for being a fucking idiot. So, yeah. so fuck off. We've talked about, uh, just cancel culture in general a number of times. And sometimes I'm okay with seeing things canceled. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily have an opinion on the the Corey one because I don't I don't have a relationship with them. I don't. If know people him. want to cancel them, cool. I, like it sounds to me like maybe there's some other bullshit. Uh, that, yeah, there, so there, there's whatever, something else but there. Like it did. It definitely made me feel like it took it took the luster off of it. Like I said, that record was like a nostalgic record for me. Uh, it was a big part of uh, me and the way I even play guitar. 
it was a big part of sure. Capital Tragedy and the way we wanted to record our drums. We wanted to use fucking ADAT or tape because we wanted that same sound as Norm Jean. They took 18 Visions Best Of and like put a sheen on it. Yeah. So there's something very nostalgic for me about that record. And I will say that ever since this happened, I haven't I haven't felt the same. I haven't I, I don't. I don't have the, the the record lost some shine, and I it's purely like a tarnish on the record. I don't know. It is worth noting, outside of the name, there is no connection on "Bless the Martyr, Kiss the Child" to anything that is Norma Jean in twenty twenty. I know that's the way this shit works, man. So, uh, speaking of can- cancel culture, I feel like it's at a fucking all time high, and everybody is looking like. I almost don't agree with this. Like I there's a part of me that 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 likes to see it, but there's a part of me that I'm kind of like get off the internet, you turds. So, I'm seeing a lot of people say things like they'll post a screenshot of something someone said or even even less than that. I've seen a, a bunch of episodes or a bunch episodes, Jesus, who am I? I've seen a bunch of examples where somebody screen caps person A who reshared something that was edgy. And now they're calling for person A to be canceled because they shared something, yeah. right? And then they'll find out where they work and at their companies at is this the type of person you want working there and I'm like they they just reshared something like I put in my Twitter profile like in my description it says sometimes retweets are endorsements. Grow up. Yeah. You know, like, Jesus. Yeah, I just, I don't know that I agree with, like, the witch hunt that's happening where everyone is looking. It's almost like a clout thing. Like, everyone is looking for the person that they can call out and get canceled. Yeah, I mean, I was talking with Lee about this uh, a little bit because we were talking about uh, the ghost inside because they got themselves in trouble. Yeah. Over some old shit. Old shit. And, and they kicked the bassist out, or yeah. he left one of the two. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know the story. Uh, but then, like, as soon as that happened, then they're like, well, what about this member thing that he yeah. said? You know, and it's just, and I was talking to Lee about this, and it's just like, dude, like, I get it, but at the same, and we've talked about this before, you also gotta give people grace to fucking change. Like, that's like that shit has got me scared you know it's like dude dude like i was like a hardcore kid in 2004 yeah holy shit i said some really bad stuff that i absolutely don't believe anymore yeah and i almost and feel probably like didn't believe at the time but i said it because it was fucking edgy and we all did i will say that i feel like the ghost inside would have been better off being like that was old shit. If you think people don't change, like I feel like acknowledging it and this, and and doing something is almost worse. Thing. Like it, it's just like it's like if if you're my friend and you know me, you know what my heart is, and you know that I made a change in my life that I don't say the f word that uh, anymore. You know, like things like that. You know, like shit that we all all the hardcore kids said back in the day. Uh, even other than that, like I just grew up around that. Like that was just a word. We didn't necessarily mean anything by it, yeah. but it was definitely, you know. I went to a I went to a white Christian school. I know every racist joke in the book, and I laughed at all of them, but including like, the ones about me. Like, 
but like I that was half that was half over half of my life ago and I don't believe that way anymore. I don't condone it by any means. I don't find any of it funny and it's just like let people grow, let people learn, let people change and give them the grace for the gray area in the process. Yeah, ju- judge them on their current. So yeah, it's frustrating. Yeah, I get it. I get it at the same time, but you get to a point, man, where your purity test, you, you're acting just like the, the evangelical Christians y'all hate so much. So. Mm. It's deep. Yeah. No, totally. I mean, you tur- it, tur- it turns, it turns uh, right speech into a religion. Essentially, I'm with it. So, I think I think that you need to tell your story. I think that we need to wrap. We, we it feels like we're kind of in this place. I don't want to get into anything else funny. I I was I mean I want to hear this. This is why this is why I miss Podden in person. You could feel where I was going next. You knew I was going to the butt cheek bandit. Mm-hmm. All right. So we've been discussing a lot. You know where we live, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very. Uh, it feels like an island, you know. They slapped a community in the middle of farmland, right? It actually mm-hmm. literally used to be a farm. They bought some land off of a farmer. A developer bought bought land. Boom, slapped 100 and, you know, I don't know, 20, 140 houses and called it a neighborhood. Uh there are pros and cons to that. A pro, well, excuse me, a con is the neighborhood doesn't feel mature. All of our trees are still baby trees. It's going to be 10 years before we have, you know, nice big trees lining the street. Yeah. Then you get to, to, to my neighborhood where all the trees are dying at the same time. And then you worry about them falling on your house. You lose the power. all. You lose power. All yeah. Time. Anyway. So there's lost power again today, by the way. Did you really? For an hour and a half. Get some fucking solar panels, man. Yeah, for real. Just get some solar panels. Get a Tesla house battery. <laughs> Go. Uh, so that that's a pro. Mm-hmm. Um, I lied. That's a con. That's a con. That's a con. Sorry. A pro is crime is fucking non-existent. Sure. We've been there like three years and there had the, except for the crime of being privileged and white. Um, <laughs> I am, actually, Go on. I think I'm the minority there. It's like primarily Indians, hmm. uh, which is, which is fantastic. Um, so there, there, I, I said that there were no crimes ever. There was one crime. I do recall that we have a bar, I don't know, a quarter of a mile away. And I think a drunk person wandered over one time from this bar. I think I know what bar you're talking about. Yeah. It looks like a barn. Kind of fucking, it has letters on the side that says bar. Yes. I know. Exactly <laughs> yeah. It's about. the bar bar. Um, anyway, a drunk person wanders over and somebody's doorbell cam they're like ringing their doorbell and it's i mean it's like two in the morning so they're like the person's like i'm not fucking answering the door what is this like drunk bitch doing so then they posted it on next door not next door because our community is so isolated that there wasn't even enough people on next door in the vicinity and and next door i had it in my old place when i moved here it asked me if i wanted to be like the leader and i was like no 
I just want to consume. I don't want to, you know, produce. Anyway, um, drunk bitch wanders over, ringing the shit out of someone's doorbell and pisses, like sets up a Gatorade bottle, edges like off of the edge of the step, pisses into and all around a Gatorade bottle. Some, I don't know, in her pocket or something has a McDonald's cheeseburger wrapper goes down to their flower bed puts a bunch of mulch in the in the cheeseburger wrapper and then wraps it up like a sandwich and sets it next to the pissy gatorade bottle and then leaves and the next morning oh and and the she pissed all over the step the gatorade bottle and their sandals (laughs) because like like with indian culture i don't know if this is like widespread or just in our community but uh it's like they all take their shoes off at the door Mm -hmm. and just leave them on the porch I I don't know if that's normal or it's, not. It's that's Asian cultures in general. Okay, well, so she pissed. Forgive all over me if I'm wrong about that. Anybody who's listening, pissed all over the uh, pissed all over the stuff. That's the only crime we've had in three years. And is that a crime? I don't fucking know. I feel like that's an unfortunate white girl who had too many, you know, white claws or something. So no crime. That's a benefit. Now fast forward to. Uh, what is today? Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Fast forward to, I guess maybe it happened yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Somebody posted in our Facebook group. Um, did anybody see the questionable gentleman walking around with his butt cheeks out? And the, and the person who posted it said, I have a photo. I just don't want to post it. DM me if you want it. And you're the, like, ding, 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 ding. no. So I, <laughs> I don't see the post. I don't even see that. I'm talking to a neighbor and she goes, hey, so what's with that questionable man? And I go, what are you, what are you talking about? Yeah, your wife was replying to it. And I was like, wait, what? Yeah, some kind of like, a, there was a questionable man. And then I go, okay, let me go check the Facebook group. I check it and it's that. It, it, it's saying, hey, butt cheeks are out, yada, yada. I see my wife commenting back and forth. And in the comments... There's the picture. So they must have decided, fuck it, I'm going to drop this picture. And it's a picture from they're in the front room and they take the picture like through the screen and everything. And it's this like older white dude with his athletic shorts hiked all the way up into his ass and tucked in (laughs) like a thong. My my neighbor, uh, she's uh, (laughs) a... She's like, you know, dual citizenship uh, from China, you know, still has a very thick accent. She she goes, uh, did you see that man out here with his big, fat, white butt out? And I go, no, I got to go look at this photo. So, that you know, they, they post the photo and I look at it and I'm like, holy shit, that's two doors down from me. Uh, that means my camera's probably caught something. Oh boy. I'm going to I'm going to go review the footage. Um so I quickly scrub through the footage and I find that, you know, there's a a good bit of footage to review in the 1 p.m. to 2 p.m. range. So I export an hour of footage down to a file so I can have it, you know, for keeps and I start scrubbing through it. The first thing is due to other eyewitnesses in the neighborhood, I knew that he was driving like a red SUV. So the first thing I look for is a red SUV driving by. Boom, found it. 1.25 p.m. Got the red SUV driving around. Now what I'm doing is I go to the end of the footage and I'm backtracking 10 seconds at a time and looking for anything. And I start making a timeline. I mean this is like some CSI shit. I'm, I'm feeling like 
pin and stuff. Yeah, dude. I, I'm feeling like I'm going to have one of those rooms with like the fucking weird strings. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I start making this timeline and I figure out that this guy drove by and cased out some things like 10 or 15 times. I, I catch him driving every direction. Now, it's important to note that I live on a corner. And our crossroad right there is a dead end. Yeah. There's no reason to go in there. You can see it. 45 feet from the fucking corner is a dead end. There's no reason to drive in there. He comes in there several times and will hang out in there for a couple minutes and then drive back off. At, and then at one point, he drives off, goes up the road, and then I see somebody walking. And I'm like, is that him? He went up the road, parked, walked into my dead end, comes out, hits the corner, looks like something spooks him. He goes back into the dead end for like a minute. Then he comes back out and right in front of our fucking house is where he hikes his shorts up all the way into his ass, check, ass cheeks. I, I like watch him like, I watch him pull them up and roll them under and cuff and get the full ass cheek out, both of them. And he's looking around and shit, real suspect, and then walks down the road. Two minutes later, he comes back. He's still looking around very like anxiously and he un un uh rolls them and, and puts his ass back to the standard and goes walking around the neighborhood and then he comes back and gets in his car and i proceed to see him driving around our neighborhood it's it's also important to note there's like four fucking streets in my neighborhood yeah so there's no reason to drive around he drove around from 125 until at least 158 with that quick stop for a weird ass cheek session uh and then back to walking around yeah dude so uh, what i don't even i don't know i feel like he's one of those i feel like he's a weird old fucking pervert that wants to show off his cheeks and he gets off on it and he's testing the waters to see like is this my is this my new ass cheek uh unveiling community Wild. uh and and we're he doesn't live in our community and we're a remote ass community that's that's why i mentioned that at the beginning he had to drive from somewhere to come in our community and then he was looking for a spot to chill and my neighbor told me she saw him driving by several times staring at her and then he walks does the ass cheek thing and walks by her she said yeah he comes walking at me nothing was wrong it was just a guy i said hi and then Ugh. when he got back she goes he had stripper underwear on they were all the way up in his butt and his big fat white butt was out and it's like it does worry me you know we yeah. are a very kid-friendly community yeah that's uh i mean that's weird no joke maybe 20 minutes after the fact you can see my kids come home or you know my kid come home on his bike and just knowing that this gentleman was walking around most likely with the intention on flashing his butt cheeks for some kind of perverted thing. That's no gentleman. Maybe, maybe he's gentle. <laughs> maybe he's a gentle man. Uh, honestly, like I try to see the innocence. I try to be like, this is just some fucking old dude. Yeah. Maybe his fucking ass cheeks were sweaty and he looked around to make sure nobody could see his ass cheeks and he aired them babies out and then he was looking around and then saw people and decided, I'm trying to see the innocence because... I do believe in innocent till proven guilty, and this is literally me assuming the worst. Yeah. Uh, and that's not necessarily the right thing to do. Yeah. But at the same time, I'll shoot this dude. Um, I'll put that on I'll put that on the podcast right now. If that dude wants to come back and do some weird dick thing, 
Uh, I'm going to shoot him. Power to the people. <laughs> I won't shoot Episode him. Episode 49, everybody. Yeah, yeah. I, I won't shoot him, but I'll beat him. How's that? I'll fight this guy. I will I will locate his DMs, slide into them, and then fight the shit out of him until he defecates on the sidewalk. Uh, yeah, but episode 49 was good. I felt good about this. I'm yeah. glad we ended with the butt cheek story. We got some more content next time. Glad we're back. We oh, we are back. I can't see. I feel like I still have to pay practice rent here because this is a good centralized location where we can come and record. Yeah. Just keep bringing that beer and I'll keep paying practice rent. And you can play loud. Fuck that. I don't, I don't need that. Fuck music. Music's stupid. Everybody quit music. Get a trumpet. All right, 49 is in the books. Peace out.